Welcome. This is David Barris, president of the American Association of Bank Directors. This is our first podcast on bank mergers and acquisitions. The subject for today is the impact of the coronavirus pandemic on bank mergers and the role of the board of directors during this period. Why are we discussing bank mergers during a period of possible challenges to your bank's credit quality, liquidity, and capital? It is in times like this that boards can be overwhelmed by minutiae and ignore strategic thinking. Whether your bank will be a buyer or seller or neither is an essential element of a strategic plan. Let's not ignore it even now. We're fortunate in having Dave Martin as our guest. Dave was a commercial banker at Mellon, where he also managed its acquisitions. He then was a managing director at San O'Neill, involved in numerous bank mergers. He's currently an advisor to ABD and co-head of its bank director core course. We're starting each podcast with a bugle call, known as First Call. It's a warning to military personnel to prepare to assemble. From its beginnings in 1989, ABD has emphasized the importance of bank directors to be prepared. Now is more important than ever. Thank you for listening. Please let me know if you have any questions or suggestions. My email address is dbarris, spelled B-A-R-I-S, at abd.org. All right, let's give Dave a call. Hello, Dave. We are pleased to have you with us today. Yes. What impact do you see the coronavirus having on merger activity? Well, it's already had a profound effect uh, just showing up in the numbers of deals. For the last three years, and I looked at them month by month, there have been an average of about 35 bank mergers a month. And it really varied between 30 and 40. It was a very constant flow. Um, In January of this year, there were still 34 deals in that month. But in February, when coronavirus was already was starting to have an effect, that 35 dropped to 19. And then in March, it fell to 14. Obviously, April's not in yet, but so far there have been six this month. So the the effect is already there. It's already slowed down. What if a bank is in the process of acquiring another bank or being acquired? If it hasn't, if the transaction hasn't been announced, it won't be announced. Uh, and the reason is pretty clear. Um, if if a, if they wanted to go forward, they'd probably have uh, ways to do it. But if they didn't want to go forward, There'd be all kinds of reasons. For example, every merger agreement I've seen has uh, a clause for uh, for unforeseen changes, material adverse change, for example. It has lots of titles. But almost every seller is going to experience a material adverse change in these months uh, in delinquency and non-performing assets may be worse. So, Every deal that could come undone probably will come undone. Secondly, just pricing of many deals that are done for stock are going to see the buyer's stock price go down, and that might take the deal below um, limits set in the agreement. So there's all kinds of reasons for the deal to come unstuck, whether the parties want it to or not. So uh, my guess is that the the number of deals is going to go way down, and I don't think there will be a new flow of deals 
for the simple reason that, as you know, putting a deal together involves an awful lot of people in small rooms less than six feet apart, and there won't be enough room for social distance. Is that what it's called? Uh, so I think I think the the there will be very very few new deals. I think deals that were pending but not yet announced won't be announced. And I've seen one deal that was announced that was um, unannounced. In other words, they decided not to go forward. So I think I think it's going to come essentially to a halt. What's your advice to banks that currently are not involved in a deal, but which may have an interest in being a buyer or seller? Well, let's divide it into buyers and sellers. Um, as far as sellers are concerned, I think there's going to be a shock when they see that the value of, of their bank is going to go down. Uh, it'll take some time to get used to that, but at the same time, they're also going to be feeling the effects of uh, a severe recession. We don't know how bad, but everybody's pretty much in agreement there's going to be a significant recession. It's going to have an effect on their numbers, um, and they have one of two choices. They can either uh, burrow down and wait for better times, or they can try and get their, their numbers in as good a shape as possible uh, and be one of the early sellers. So I think there will be uh, a lot of a lot of interest on the part of sellers. They'll have to get used to lower prices. For buyers, um, the same rule is still there, that the rule is called economies of scale. Uh, their earnings are going to be depressed, and they're going to look for increased scale to help their earnings. So I think there's going to be, once once the all clear is given, whatever form that takes, I think there's going to be uh, a resumption of deals uh, at the pace that we've seen before, if not more, and just simply at lower prices uh, because for two reasons. Uh, banks are going to be severely injured by this and be worthless for that reason. And I think brick-and-mortar franchises are just less worth less and less every month we go forward for reasons that everybody knows. What can those banks be doing now while they manage through the crisis? Well, again, talking about sellers, um, they can do everything possible to improve their numbers. In other words, not waiting. If you think about the choice that a bank has when it has a, a non-performing assets, it has lots of things it can do. My guess is that for somebody who intends to be a seller, um, taking early action is going to be better than waiting. The same thing is true for a lot of other things that tend to depress prices like litigation or if the uh, seller is has some regulatory issues that it knows it can re resolve, but it's been slow in resolving them, uh, they're probably better off to resolve them quickly. So it's just the, the matter of getting the ship into ship shape um, and being ready um, for what should be some eager buyers. What's your advice for buyers? For example, uh, should they be coming up with a list of prospective sellers even before the crisis is over? I think they should always have a list, and they should have a list long before this. 
for two reasons. First of all, uh, they should have been letting banks know that they were interested in them. Uh, they should have been schmoozing them. Uh, they should have been letting investment bankers know what their interests are. But the third item, which we haven't talked about, but they're going to be bank failures. And I think every bank that is a potential buyer should have should do the research necessary, and it's not difficult, to figure out in their market area the banks that are maybe not likely to fail but could fail so that they're ready. Uh, number one. Number two, they should let the FDIC know that they're ready. Um, this is not something to be bashful about. Um, it means, number one, that when the FDIC starts calling banks, your bank will get a call. And number two, if you've done the research, you'll know how badly you want it or that you don't want it, and you won't have to waste time on it. But presumably in some circle with a radius that I can't guess, but let's say it's a 50-mile radius, you should know, a, a potential buyer should know something about every bank in that area, how likely it is to fail, and whether or not they'd want to own it if it did fail. Thank you, Dave. See you next time.